Welcome to Gather Round with Rebecca Spooner. Today's session is titled Sustainable Rhythms. It is a first episode in hopefully a long string of episodes, you guys, because I'm going to be, you know, using sustainable rhythms, right? That's the hope. All right. If you don't know me, you are about to get a first row seat and um, there's a good chance that you're going to judge me. There's a good chance that you're going to walk away from here feeling really good about your life because I'm about to share the really bad about mine. Um, For those of you that are using my curriculum, uh, I I feel like this is just going to be, again, a front row seat. You're going to get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes of where I'm at right now, which is probably not super glorious. Um, It has been a really rough, I want to say year, (laughs) but specifically these last few weeks, these last few months, um, this summer, I don't know. I am trying to think like how far back do I want to go, but um, specifically when it comes to rhythms, when it comes to something that is sustainable, because for so long I have been running and I am not a super sustainable person and I I'm going to just share all of my thoughts. I have no notes on paper. And so I'm really going to try to formulate this in a way that actually makes sense. My hope is I'm going to share, I'm going to start off with a bit of my story. If you did not know, I am going to be posting this as a blog post as well. So you can actually go on to homeschoolon.com. And you can find this podcast episode and actually it will give you a list of what is talked about in this session so that you can skip. So if you don't really want to hear all my backstory, you just want to skip right to the tips. You don't have time for it. I want to be a respecter of your time. So go and do that if you need to do that. But that's what I'm going to start with. I want to share my story, my background, um, my imperfect. So you have some context for where I'm coming from and why this is the session that is on my heart to start off with. And then from there, I hope to give you tips. And by tips, I mean things that I'm going to try. And if you'd like, you can try those right alongside me and we can do them together because they're not going to be tips coming from a place of success. (laughs) They're coming from tips from a place of, hey, look, there's a a life raft in the middle of the water that might keep me from drowning. (laughs) So, all right, we got our context. We're good. Okay, let's start. First off, I've missed podcasting so, so, so much. I love that I can just ramble and there's no one staring at me awkwardly. It's just, it just feels good. It feels right. You know, you're hidden in a room. It doesn't matter what you look like. Um, no one's, no one's staring at you. I just, I think it's a really good fit for introverts like me. Okay. So let's share a little bit of my backstory where I am right now. Actually, physically right now, I am at my parents' house. I They aren't here, so it's a quiet place that I can escape to. And I need quiet places, especially when it comes to writing. I am a starter, okay? Not a finisher. I'm a person who starts all the things, but actually following through with that and finishing it is really boring to me. I have a short attention span. I get bored easily and quickly. If it is not new, if it is not challenging, if it is not exciting, then I'm really quite done with it. And this for me was the genius with Gather Round. The genius with Gather Round was not just that I think it was a really good fit for other people like me out there that want the new, that fear of missing out. They just get bored with the same curriculum all year. They want, you know, new, exciting, fresh. And that's why we could just keep buying and hoarding curriculum in the same way. I am like that with my business. So it's such a perfect fit for me in that I never can get bored because I'm always vision casting and thinking of the next thing. So the actual business model, which God really downloaded 
It's so unique and so cool to see how he did not just think about what would fit for other people, but he specifically thought about something that would fit for me. So in the grand scheme of things, that really works well for me. I like to do new. I don't like to do old, okay? I want to start it and then like tell other people what to do and they can finish it. And hopefully it's exactly the way I would have done it. That's the plan. Um, So in our first couple of years of business, and I'm sharing this just so that you guys have, again, some context for where I'm in today. My first couple of years of business, I had a team of writers. So I was in my literal perfect place. People have wondered, you know, how were you able to produce so much in so short a time? Well, I was a visionary. I vision casted. I came up with table of contents. I did research. I oversaw. I steered. I directed. I, I was editor in chief. I changed paragraphs here and there. But ultimately, I could be running two different units at the same time because I had a team of writers, okay? I had different writers that were scheduled to do different things. I was not necessarily standing there orchestrating or doing the writing myself. So I could move quickly. It kept me interested. It kept me engaged. And my goodness, we pumped them out, okay? We were doing units, sometimes one, two, three in a month. It's crazy, crazy what we did. Now, okay, I know that there's some people out there that aren't familiar with Gather Round and so this is all new, but others of you are sitting there saying, yeah, but you know, your your quality suffered and you should have slowed down and we heard lots of that. So it was interesting that we were actually forced to slow down when we lost our teacher's guide writers and that meant that for their third year of our business, I now had to write the units. Now, I have written some units in the past, so I am familiar with um, having to write a unit, but writing all of the units, I've watched myself slowly decline over this past year. Now, not in my skills as a writer, okay? If anything, I would say I have grown so much in this year in my writing alone, just the amount of sheer volume of writing that I am doing. However, I am watching my my follow-through die, my motivation die, my my excitement for new things. And and as things have gotten harder and harder and they've gotten slower and slower and they've gotten more and more difficult, units just drag on longer and longer. And that has been the most devastating blow probably to myself in in running the business and doing all of the things that I do because where I'm at right now is I'm working on finishing which by the grace of God I will finish before this is published I will be finished my part of writing however I have been writing this unit for a very long time instead of it just being one month and I'm on to the new I've been it's been eking into the two months even the three months area segment and it's been painful and it's been hard and part of that there's been spiritual opposition all sorts of things but where I am right now and I know this is a lot of backstory but I am in this place of absolute I've just I've I've lost my motivation you guys I have lost it now I am at my parents house and I was telling my husband I was like I I write for a few minutes and then I literally without even thinking about it I get up and I pace I have had to delete Facebook off of my phone I have had to delete all of our our TV subscriptions everything it all had to go I have had to delete pretty much every distraction that is available to me because what I end up doing is I seek the distraction I so am bored and unmotivated that I actually am seeking out distractions without even consciously thinking about it. 
Okay, I feel like I'm a unique situation. I feel like there's hopefully no one out there that is as maybe wrung out as I am or as pressed on all sides as I am. I hope that you are not. But regardless of how pressed you are in the season, I know that there are definitely people out there that can relate to that feeling of you find yourself actually in the midst of a distraction without even realizing how you got there or that you actively sought that out. When I started to realize God's been working on me this past, really this past month. And I've been, I've been, I can't even tell you the amount of journal entries. It's like, I just, God, I I need motivation. I need motivation. And he's been really like putting it back on me. And he's like, you need to remove the distractions in your life. You have actually enabled yourself to run away when you get bored. You have enabled yourself and you have given yourself bad habits where you can escape. And more and more, this has happened in my life over the past six months, seven months, as I've been doing more and more writing and it's gotten harder and harder. And this personality of mine, who God created me to be, he knows me. I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm saying that it has been increasingly difficult because I have actually enabled myself. So in the evening, really my answer is getting up early in the morning. But what I do is I stay up really late at night and I watch shows and because it's I'm escaping. I'm escaping. I'm so mentally and emotionally drained. I spend every ounce of my creative and inspirational energy either on my children or on my work. And at the end of the day, there is not a section of me that is left. There is no part of my mental capacity, my emotional capacity, my spiritual capacity, my physical capacity. I am incapacitated, okay? And I sit there and I need to turn on something and I need to zone. Or honestly, I need to laugh. I turn on just just simple little shows that will make me laugh because I just need to laugh. Everything is so serious. Everything requires so much prayer and and foresight and forethought and digging and wrestling. And it's so heavy that there is just this deep need in me to resurface from the intensity and find escape, escape from it. Now, that is not a healthy thing. Some of you may have seen I posted on Instagram um, a while back. I posted kind of a, a new schedule. On our way home, we left for the United States for five months. We toured. We spoke at different conventions. We met so many different people. We were looking for a U.S. warehouse, which we have not found to this point. But here we were traveling and touring in the United States. And and on our way home, I was I was coming up with these sustainable rhythms. I was coming up with this schedule. I, I make them all the time. My kids laugh. My husband laughs. Everyone laughs. It's this big joke in our home because I'm so good at coming up with the routines and the schedules and again, so bad at following through with them. And so on the way home, I'm coming up with this, okay, how is this possible? I need to find my motivation and to find my motivation, I need to come up with systems. And so I sit down and I write and I plan and I organize and I goal set and all of the things. And, you know, here we are months later and I'm, I'm in the same stage. Again, I'm like, okay, guys, (laughs) new systems. (laughs) But it's important for you to know where I'm coming from. So you can know first and foremost that I am not coming to you as somebody who is actively found, achieved, or is victorious in the area of sustainable rhythms. A little while ago, and I've shared this on some of my sessions, but not in this podcast. So Um, a little while ago, I was praying. Actually, honestly, I was I was just I think I wasn't even actively like praying. I was just God just dropped something into my head. And he said, you have gotten this picture of the tortoise and the hare. You know the story? 
you've gotten this picture that the tortoise is the the celebrated celebrated one. He is the one that we should all strive to be like, you know, sustainable rhythm, slow and steady wins the race. And he said, but I have created and fashioned you to be the hare. I created you to run and then hide under a tree and sleep. And so in that moment, I felt so seen by God. I felt so just understood. And I felt so, I felt permission that it was okay that this is the way I was, that I'm not broken, even though I hear this, you know, trending word, sustainable rhythms. And even though I hear other people talk about or come up with these systems and processes, and they just seem so much more successful than me, or they're so much more methodical than me. And I can continuously come to this place where I think I am failing, but I keep coming back to that. And I think that, again, there's going to be some of you that are like, you're going to hop on the sustainable rhythms train. I'm going to give you some things and, and you're going to run with that. And it's going to come easily to you because you are more the tortoise. But there are some of you out there who are like me and God fashioned you to be the hare. And so the great wrestling in my life right now in this season is recognizing that I am the hare. How can I continue to walk in the identity of who God created me to be? How can I give myself grace and permission to be who God created me to be while also finding ways to not completely die? These past few days before I came and escaped to my parents' house, when I'm just before, I'm like, I'm, I'm just have not been getting any writing done this whole past week. I'm busy running the companies and I have just hit this low point. I just have hit this low point and I have just been desperate, just absolutely desperate. I need to be done. I need to be done this unit so I can get excited about the next, so I can move on. I just, I need to be done. I need I need to find some way to make this possible because I feel like I can't do this. I feel like I have nothing left. I feel like I am being pressed on all sides and crushed. <laughs> I feel abandoned. You know, and I, I know I've, I've mentioned this before and it has been a long haul, you guys. It has been a long haul. Some of you, you look at, gather around, you look at the success in our lives, you look at the things we accomplish, the things I've done, and and some of you have been jealous or you've come to me and you've asked, you know, how do you do this or or I want that. And I, I'm here to tell you today that this has been a long, hard haul. I have ran and ran and ran. And when I hit the point where I feel like I can run no longer, I have no option but to get up and run some more. And I've had so many people in my life come up to me and say, you know what? I see you approaching burnout. You are in burnout. Whether I've been told I'm approaching or in or around uh, over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm the first person to nod my head. Yeah. And, And what do I do about that? What's your solution? How do I solve the fact that I continuously am treading water, that I'm continuously dancing around burnout, that it is just existing right on the fringes of my life, and yet I can't stop? I can't stop. There are people that are depending on me. There are promises that I've made. It's my business. And I know, again, that maybe you can't all relate on a business front, but there are going to be areas in your life that you're going to say, of course, when it comes to our kids, when it comes to our families, when it comes to our marriages, we can't just stop 
We can't just give up. We can't just lay down. We can't just sleep. We can't just say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm going to run away because I'm approaching burnout. What is the solution with that? That has always frustrated with me because I feel like there's no tangible offering in that. It's just you're approaching burnout. Well, thank you for stating the obvious. I live in a constant state of that. The question is, how do I come up with some sustainable rhythms in my life, recognizing who I am that will allow me to continue what I'm doing, to find joy in what I'm doing, to rest in peace in the midst of the storm? Because let me tell you, the storm is not going away. The storm in my life is not going away. The busyness in my life is not going away. The pressure on all sides of my life is not going away. The deadlines, they're not going away. The upset people at me, they're not going away. The problems that I face on a daily basis are not going away. Staffing shortages. Um, I I mean, I, I could list them all increasing, increasing, increasing. That will never change, at least not for the foreseeable future, the next few years of my life. This is where I'm in. So instead of saying, well, I need to change my circumstances, which I cannot, I need to find a way to say, how can I, like Jesus, sleep in the bow of the boat in the midst of the storm? How can I, like Peter, walk in the midst of the waves on the top of the water? How can I do this without drowning? Because the storm is not going away. I don't know what situation you are walking in right now. I don't know if you are facing hardship in your family, if you are facing financial difficulties, if you are facing pressure on all sides, if you are trying to run your own business and just feeling like you are drowning. I don't know. I don't know what your situation is. But I do know that we have this expectation, this perspective, this naive maybe perspective that that somehow we can just fix these things. We can tell the storms in our lives to cease, which is biblical, and there's a place and a time for that. But we can tell the storms to cease, and our lives are just going to be this this calm picture that's always beautiful and pretty. And if we're not walking in that calm picture, then something is wrong in our lives that we need to fix. We can't fix everything. Yes, there are times that God says, I want you to get up and I want you to speak to this storm. I want you to speak to those waves and I want you to say, be still. But there are other times where the waves and the storm are outside of our control. We cannot still the storm and instead we are called to rest in the midst of it. We are called to find peace in the midst of it. We are called to not let it toss us to and fro, to not let us fill us with doubt, to not let it um, cause us to be overwhelmed, but instead to trust God in the midst of it and to be able to walk with our head held high with the shoes shod in the gospel of peace. That is what we are called to. So this is where I'm at. This is the great tension of my life. This is the the story that I'm telling when I'm talking about sustainable rhythms. You know the context. You know who I am. You know where I'm coming from. You know that it is not so simple, I think, as people try to make it out to be. So what are the steps that I am doing to find and seek sustainable rhythms in my life? I think the first thing is knowing, knowing your rhythms of life. I think that's so important. I think you need to know your rhythms. See, I know and recognize myself. There are moments 
when I am intensely motivated. And in those moments, like sometimes there are certain times of year, for sure it happens certain times of year. Beginning of the year, this motivation hits me right around New Year's and it's like I run with that. That's when I make the biggest changes in my company, my systems, my processes, my home. The biggest changes I make in my life and my day-to-day running in my life happen around that time. And I have actually recognized it. I give myself time off during that period and I give myself lots of time to just journal and receive from God and pray and seek him and just implement and vision cast my year. So I know that when I get stuck in those those places in a good way where I just can feel motivation, inspiration, creativity, I'm in a zone, I need to run with that because I know who I am and I know that there are ebbs and flows, that there are times that I need to run and there are times I need to rest and I need to recognize when I'm in those. Sometimes it is cyclical, you guys. Sometimes like, you know, the beginning of the year, it's a cyclical thing. It always happens without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. It's also something that comes with fall, something about the cool. It's my most motivated time of year. I love fall. I love cool. I love boots. I love coffee. I love warm. In the midst of the cool, I love the walks. I love the smell. I love everything about it. It's very inspirational to me. Okay. I'm super inspired in the fall, less inspired in the summer for sure, less inspired in the summer. So sometimes it's those cyclical rhythms. And I mean, for women, we definitely have our cyclical rhythms and we have to recognize those, you guys. We have to. To not recognize those, to just sit down and come up with this plan, to sit down on a, on a piece of paper and say, here is my plan, here's my system, I'm going to just do this and this calendar is going to work for me, this chart chart is going to work for me, this new system is going to work for me and it's going to fix all my problems without taking into account your rhythms. That is going to negatively impact you. You are not going to have grace for those times, those seasons, those cyclical moments in your life when either you need to run or you need to rest. So you need to recognize those. Sometimes they are cyclical. And those things are biblical as well. I've been doing a little bit of studying specifically recently, um, studying about Sabbath, about um, the year of Jubilee, and about the year, the Sabbath year. So studying the Jewish calendar, okay, and this is just what what was the way things happened way back when in Bible times, okay? So there was this this rule of seven, It was this rule of seven, and it's just over and over this cyclical rhythm of life. And it started off with your week, right? You've got the six days, and on the seventh, you rest. Now, actually, biblically, Sabbath is Saturday, not Sunday. But on Sabbath, there was no rest, like no work, sorry. There was no work. There wasn't even just no work. You didn't walk anywhere. You didn't go anywhere. You rested. You stayed at home. Okay, that's a little bit different than even our Sunday model of getting up early, getting dressed, having to, you know, put on your Sunday best, go to church, see people, don't, you know, you probably are going to have somebody over. So your house needs to be clean. You race home, you're cleaning your house, you're cooking. At the end of all of that, your house is a disaster. Your week's starting tomorrow. You got to clean it all up. Maybe you stayed up too late. Now you're exhausted. Your whole week is starting off 10 steps behind because you were running, seeing all of the people and fellowshipping. Now there's nothing wrong with that. I love church. I love fellowshipping. But I don't know about you. I do not feel super rested on a Sunday. I do not feel rested after a day of running around. Partly I'm an introvert, but going out and seeing people and having people over and cleaning my house and cooking and all of the things that are associated with that, though I love them on a case-by-case basis, I also... I also do not find that restful. And I don't think that that's actually the definition of what a day of rest is supposed to look like. I think as Christians, we've kind of put this into a religious box and we've said Sunday is a day of rest. And on that day, this is what happens. But we filled it up. 
it becomes absolutely full of family activities. This is your family day. You got to spend time as a family. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Where is rest on a Sunday? Now, maybe you don't have that. Maybe you do truly have a day of rest, but but cyclically, okay, God designed us to have a day of rest. And one of the things that he's been showing me over and over and over again is that I do not have that day. And I think my expectation that that will be on a Sunday is unrealistic. The more I've studied it, the more I've thought about it, just even in my own life, in my own situation, I do not think that there is any part of rest that happens on a Sunday other than possibly a nap if I can squeeze it in, okay? Otherwise, I find that day is incredibly busy and draining, and I actually start my week off drained and tired. So for me, and I'm not, I'm not, there's nothing religious about what day I don't think you do it on. I really don't believe that. I just believe that we are to have a day of rest, that God designed us for that. Now, again, I'm coming at you from somebody who literally sucks at this, okay? But I'm just saying that one of my things that I'm going to be trying in my attempts to find my own sustainable rhythm is to find a day of the week, which I'm, I'm recognizing may change, but whatever, a Saturday, or maybe it's a middle of the week where we take off as a family. I don't know. But finding a day of the week where we truly do rest, where we truly don't do a lot. There's not a lot of dishes, not a lot of cooking, not a lot of cleaning, not a lot of expectation, not a lot of chores and no work. I need that day of rest. I think we sometimes wonder, why am I burnt out? Why am I, you know, I I don't have motivation, inspiration, creativity, story of my life. But we're not taking the time to actually just stop so we can be filled again so that we have more to pour out. So understanding the rhythms. Now, in the Jewish calendar, not only is there your weekly, but then you have your yearly. Okay, so what's super interesting is every seven years, there would also be a Sabbath year. So this is called Shemitah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but this was the Sabbath year. And here's the interesting part, you guys. We are in that right now. So Sabbath year goes to the Jewish calendar ends September, I think, 26th. So Sabbath year goes into September, but after that, it starts a new year. And now you're into the six years that aren't the Sabbath year, okay? So it's super interesting. The more I've been studying and learning about this, the Sabbath year was not just about resting your fields, which you did on the seventh year, you rested your fields. Um, and it was also about forgiving debts and all sorts of different things. But it was it was this time, it was this year where there weren't a lot of new um, progress or gains happening or new things starting. It was a time to just consolidate, um, to focus, to... Um, to I don't, I don't know how to explain it. But anyways, that's you do some more research on it. But that's basically what it was. So this is interesting to me to find that this year has felt like we haven't been able to make any progress. This year where we were hoping to go to the States, we were hoping to find a place, we were hoping to be able to, you know, break through into the next stage of our journey. Um, and it has felt like we just haven't been able to do anything new. And we are just, you know, trudging along. And um, a lot of consolidation is happening on the back end of things. We are Im- improving processes and systems and just just simple things. But I found it interesting the more I've studied that here we are in the midst of this year and that there is a new year yet to come. And so some of us, I think, recognizing what year we're in and there's for all of us, I mean, there's going to be times and seasons where there's years of waiting, there's years of of wrestling, there's years of wilderness, there's whatever season that we are in. And then there's years of breakthrough and there's years of growth and there's years of progress. And so recognizing what year we are in, recognizing what season we are in, um, and then knowing our own rhythms of life, knowing where we are and our natural ebbs and flows and knowing when 
when our times of productivity are versus our times of struggle. And I think just sitting down and actually creating that kind of cyclical picture of, of you, whoever you are and what that looks like. I think that's important before we sit down and figure out systems and policies and things like that. So realistically, other strategies now that I'm learning more about my rhythms of life is I am time blocking. Now I love a schedule. I love myself a good schedule. I like to sit down and look at all my time and I actually like to do it by like 10 minute increments. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But if I could, Okay, I like to really sit down and nail out every single second of my life because when I do that, I realize how much time I waste. When I do that, I realize, my goodness, if I could be a good manager of my time, I could get done everything that I aim to get done. It's possible. When I sit down and do that, it it actually, I never follow it, but it it takes weight off my shoulders and it makes me, I call them my impossibility plans. It, it helps me realize that what seems impossible in this moment is actually possible if I were to never take a break and do these things. Now, again, we know that's not a sustainable rhythm, but sometimes I need to sit down and just get all the things in my head out on paper and I'm okay with the fact that I'm not going to, f- follow with that. I'm okay with that. I just need to see that it's possible so I can breathe again. Okay. So that's the first thing I do. I call it like a brain dump kind of thing. I call them my impossibility plans. So maybe you need to do that. Take everything in your head, all of the stress, all of the things, the deadlines, the due dates, the stuff, and just lay it all out where it's like, if I do this and this and this, I can get it all done. Okay. If I wake up at 4am and I do this and I do that, well, and, then, and then we'll we'll nail it down to what's reasonable and sustainable in a minute. But sometimes first we need to just get out the crazy. Okay. So get out the crazy and then sit down and go through and come up with some realistic time blocking. So time blocking is when you sit down and you just say, okay, I am not going to say what I'm going to get accomplished in this time. I'm just going to say that this time is designated for that. And it's something that's a little bit bigger picture that you can fit multiple things into. So for example, for me, I have focus time. I have focus time that I need to start to establish in the morning um, for a couple hours. And then again, for about an hour and a half here, and then about two hours here. Some of that time is going to be for emailing and, um, you know, communications and meetings and whatever else I have. Some of that time is going to be dedicated for writing or for research or for whatever else I'm working on. So when I sit down and I come up with these time blocks and I'm able to say, okay, I'm going to get done whatever I can get done in that amount of time. And when that time is over, it's time to move on to the next thing. Because otherwise I can get either fixated on that one thing or I feel too stressed by the amount on my plate. And this is more like me that I bounce around and do many of the things on my plate and I don't actually accomplish anything that's on my plate because I was bouncing too much. Okay. So for the bouncing balls like me, sometimes you need to actually say, no, I'm going to dedicate this amount of time to this one thing. And then I'm going to turn it off and I'm going to open up over here. I'm going to start something else. One of the things that I've actually time blocked into my day is I call it mom hat. Okay. So this is where I'm saying I am going to take off CEO hat. I'm going to put on mom hat. And I'm going to just be present for my kids and my family. And so coming up with those times in my day where I'm going to homeschool, I'm going to um, read to my kids or help them with their chores or whatever, just being present and not necessarily working during that time. I have tried so many different schedules and routines. I have tried where I um, I work in the morning and my kids are required to do most of their stuff. And then we do school in the afternoon around lunch and then they have free time. And I've just found that for my kids, and maybe it's not the same for yours, but for my kids, I find that they really, really 
are not motivated in the afternoon. They're done. And they really can't work independently. Now, no, my kids are not very, very young. My youngest is eight, turning nine, and my oldest is 15. So no, I'm not in the little kid stage. They should be able to do stuff. But the reality is, is that just as I struggle with motivation and follow through, so do my children. Okay, And to just expect that they're going to do their chores and do their school and do all their things without someone standing behind them saying, you can do it, you better do it. (laughs) They're not doing it. Okay, So I have come to this place where I'm recognizing sustainable rhythms, not just for me, but sustainable rhythms for my kids. I'm recognizing their rhythms. I'm recognizing that they need to get some stuff done in the morning. Now, again, that's my productive time. So working through what's possible and what's not possible. but, But I do have to give them some of that time. I have to give them some of that time to walk them through, to cheerlead, to support, to encourage, to mentor, to disciple, whatever it may look like on any given day. I need to have mom hat on specifically in the morning so I can get my kids going and started and we all have a productive and successful day. I mean, I have so many other things in my day, you guys, that I hope for, that I plan for, that I aim for from family times in the evening to, um, you know, a family day once a week to whatever it may be. I have I have so much more than what I've given you today on my list and my my picture in my head of what my perfect sustainable rhythms would be. But I also know that it's not all realistic and I definitely don't follow through with it all the time. I'm trying to give you the base model. I'm trying to strip it all away and give you the absolute basics of what I am thinking about when it comes to sustainable rhythms and the few things I'm going to implement to begin to start to see change and growth in this area in my life. The more I put on it, and this is what I do, I sit down and I put all these things and I think I'm going to do all of this. The more I do that, the less likely it is that I'm going to follow through with it. Whereas when I just say, I'm going to do this one thing, I'm going to implement this, I'm going to try that, and I get into a sustainable rhythm with it and I add more, that is where I start to find success in the long term. So if you're anything like me, don't sit down and and change everything in your life. Sit down and change one thing in your life. See what one thing you could take from this that you could try, that you could implement in a small way. Maybe it's just time blocking and you're just going to start with that. Or maybe you need to start pulling away distractions, which is huge, absolutely huge. Facebook, what are the things that you're escaping to? Are you watching shows in the evening? Are you escaping to things rather than facing the problems that you have because you just are burned? out and overwhelmed and you feel like you can't do it anymore. When you're in that place, I'll be the first one to tell you and my kids even, I I mean, they've been recognizing it, you guys. They've been coming to me. My daughter has been just struggling. She can see I'm struggling. And and I said to her, I said, you can't fix this for me. You can't fix this for me. Only God can fix this for me. Only God and I are going to have to work through some things. God and I are going to, he's going to have to, I have to get to a place where I'm trusting him more, where I'm not so overwhelmed and I'm not just stressed constantly by the waves. All those things I said to you before, that's between me and God. That is not something my husband came to me. What can I do to help? Nothing. I wish you could. I mean, you can you can encourage me to get up in the morning. You can try to help me with my sustainable rhythms. But the reality is, is that this is between me and God. This is something where I have to learn how to trust him. I have to learn how to not get overwhelmed and let these things spiral me out and discourage me. I have to learn how to how to sleep in the midst of a storm rather than getting overwhelmed by what I see or what I feel. And some of you out there need the same thing as me. 
Some of you out there need God to meet you where you're at and to encourage you and remind you of who you are, whether you're the tortoise or whether you're the hare. And together you're going to have to sit down recognizing who he created you to be and figure out how can you walk through and find something that is sustainable, knowing who you are, knowing when you're up and when you're down, knowing those those rhythms of your life that you naturally need to work in because it's who you are and it's how he created you. Those are the things that I think we need to sit down and wrestle out. It's not something that's going to get fixed with a book. It's not something that's going to get fixed with a podcast. It's not going to get fixed with 10 steps of how to be a better you. It's not going to get fixed with sitting down and changing all the things in our life in one sitting. It actually takes time. It actually takes processing and it takes going to him, the one who knows you the best and saying, what God, I pray that for each person that is listening to this podcast right now, that you would fill them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would pervade, invade our homes and our lives and our hearts and our minds and our souls, our spirits, God. The places that are dry and weary, I pray that you would fill. I pray you would bring life once again. I pray that you would spark um, hunger in us and desire and motivation and excitement for what you are doing in our lives. I pray that you will speak to us about what is sustainable to each and every one of us individually. I pray that you would heal and restore brokenness in us where we feel broken, where we feel frustrated, discouraged, or even angry that that you have abandoned us or that we are alone. We just rebuke the lies and we apologize for the things that we might have aligned ourselves with God because you never leave us nor forsake us. You never leave us. I pray you will strengthen and embolden us. I pray that our kids will see that it is not man that is saving us. It is not a system that is saving us. It is not a program, but it is you. You are the one who rescues us. And I pray that in that, that they will turn to you, that it will be our legacy, not that we are perfect, not that we sail through the storms of life without ever being tossed, but rather that when we are overwhelmed, when we are fearful, when we are panicking, that we turn to you and we cry out your name and that you are the one who rescues us over and over again. May our children turn to you. May they call out your name in the midst of the storms that they face because they see their parents doing it. God, I just pray that you would continue the good work that you have started. I thank you for who you are. And we just declare that you are a God who is good. No matter what storms we're facing, you are a God who is good in your name. Amen. Amen.